Hello and welcome to episode, what episode? 39. Man, yeah, I'm, I know. I'm it's getting, getting, we're getting old. Yeah, I'm getting old. We're, we have as many episodes, as many years as you've been on the planet almost. Touche. So welcome to episode 39 of Life in General. My name is Nick. And I am Ian. You didn't, why didn't, you didn't do your uh, robot voice? I will do it however the fuck I want, whenever I want. Man, you're awfully mouthy tonight. <laughs> I'm going home. Okay. You just, what, yeah. turn in your chair? <laughs> <laughs> um, any questions or comments, you can email us at contact at lifeandgeneralpodcast.com. Um, check us out on Twitter at LIGpod. Um, we're on Facebook and um we're not on any other social media stuff. But. Why are you talking to me? I don't, I'm not in any, any of it. I know. I know. Um, check us out our, on our uh, website, lifeandjournalpodcast.com. It's got all of our previous episodes on there. I'm in the process of revamping the website. should mm-hmm. be done here, I don't know, next couple of weeks or so. Sure. Um, we're on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Podcast Addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, we've applied to be on, uh, what did I say? Uh, Spotify and Spotify, Radio. yeah. Heard, they don't like us. Yeah, they don't like us, apparently, because yeah. I haven't heard anything back. And yeah. it was a couple of weeks ago. They probably ago. listened to it and said, why the fuck do we want these guys? Well, I don't know if, somewhere I was reading that uh, Podbean, I guess this, this kind of goes into what we were talking about tonight, but uh, um, I think that they pay out. I don't know if they do for their podcasts. I wonder if that has something to do with their selection process. Oh. Maybe, because maybe they're, I don't know. Because Spotify does pay yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, so I don't know. Um, and no one's going to pay for this. Why not? Someone I might. Know. I don't know. I just, just kind of thinking about it, that I actually kind of felt the disappointment in your, when I said I'm not on any social media, you even like had this look on your face like you wanted to cry. Like, <laughs> I've it, tried. I've tried with this guy. I've tried to get him involved, but he just he just keeps disappointing me. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. Story of the hey. last 30 years that we've known each other, I guess. I guess to a point. At least I'm consistent. Um, it's just, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff to keep up with. But Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Anything you want me to do, just tell me to do it, and it'll get done. Don't just say, you should do it, because I won't do it. Say, you need to do this, you have to do this, and you have to do it by this time. Is that what it is? Yes. Give I need, you, I need give, structure. Give deadline. I need structure in my life. I can't, I can't offer myself structure. You mean like, uh, I don't know, like writing a blog or something? <laughs> right. I, have, I, read, I wrote a blog. I hate it. I can't stand it. Really? Yes. It's almost done. I just I don't like it. It's not. It doesn't flow the way I wanted it to, and it, it comes off as weirdly misogynistic. Really, in a sense, and that's kind of what it's against, and it's weirdly in defense of. I don't know. I'm. I'm either gonna have to completely rewrite it or at least edit it quite a bit to fig- yeah. to, to get what I'm trying to say across without sounding like an asshole. Because that's kind of what it's coming off as. Yeah. So. I don't know. Well, send it to me. I'll read it. And yeah, I'll let you read it. Um. So, I kind of so we're going to talk about records and streaming music, music and all yeah. that stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of I'm, as sort of a music snob. Yeah, and I'm we've already done we do movies pretty much on all the time on our other show, which is called Entertainment Now. Check it out because you no one is well checking it out. Nice, nice plug there, Ian. Yeah. Well, I figured what the hell, we get more listeners of this show. Maybe they might listen to our other show. 
maybe. Maybe. You never know. Um so I we we grew up in the the vinyl era. The end of it. The end of it. Yeah. Like well, the, I would say. Well, the last 10 years of it. The last it. 10 years 15, of it. Well, 10, 12 years of it, yeah. Because it wasn't really until like the late 80s, yeah. like I think. CDs started coming out in 83, 84. So my brother got his, a CD player in 89, I want to say. Mm-hmm. It, if it coincides with the first CD he got, because I know which one it was. It was Alice Cooper's was trash, trash, which came out in 1989. That and um, what, was, what was that Tesla album? Um, so the big one? Yeah, that I had a love name. song on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, that song is good only because of the guitar at the beginning. The, yeah, the guitar at the beginning is awesome. awesome. yeah. Um, so, and I was really late. I, 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 I tried to stay away from CDs as long as I could. I don't think I owned my first CD until... It was after I graduated high school, so it was like late nineties. Yeah. Um, you were definitely late to it because I remember you, were, was still like listen, you were still listening to cassettes when we when you were driving. Remember? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you melted my uh, <laughs> copy of, of Kerplunk. Yeah, Kerplunk. I didn't melt it; the sun melted it. I yeah, just left, left it, it in up the, there. I left it on the dashboard. Uh, what was the name of that? Was it? It wasn't Mechanical Resonance. Nope. It was, the Great Radio Controversy? Yes, that's what it was. Okay. Yes, that's what it was. Because that was really relevant. Well, I I like to know these things. So I, I had a pretty decent record collection mm-hmm. growing up. I remember, like, one of my first memories, I remember, like, listening to Thriller on my record yeah. player. I, I swear I... I wore that wore, thing? Well, yeah. I wore needles out with that damn record. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, that was kind of the first... I don't know how to, it wasn't like a rite of passage, but um, when I was presented with a record player, I think I was seven, maybe six, seven. And it was a hand-me-down record player, stereo. Yeah. And it was a big deal. It's like, okay, this is your grown up, you're grown up, you're growing up, you get your own (laughs) record player. I'm I'm all grown up now. (laughs) Exactly. And I, you know, most of the records that I had were all just hand-me-downs at that point, but um, but that's how I listen to music. And when I was going to say six or seven, we're talking 1985, 86. Yeah. Um, well, 85, I was seven. So vinyl was still very much relevant. Mm-hmm. But at my earliest like record memories was going into Harmony House, which doesn't exist anymore for all you kids out there. God, I even forgot that existed. Yeah, Harmony House was a big record store chain in yep. Michigan, and I think maybe in northern it was, Ohio. Yeah, it was a couple states. It was, but it was just a, a, it was a chain, but a small chain. All I saw was music, records. And back in the day, it was pretty much all records. They didn't yeah. even have tapes. Uh, and I being like th- maybe three, and my dad taking me in there because he had records, bought records. And this is the early 80s, so, you know, you didn't have your kids tied to a tether, and I wandered. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was a small store. Yeah. Uh, and I just remember, like, being little and not really understanding what we're looking at, other than knowing what kind of, but just looking at the album covers. And that's back in the day when, you, when vinyl was it. They put a lot of effort exactly. into their album covers. Yeah, they really did. And the two that stood out... Oh, and I every time we would go in there, they would always be right in the front, because I was little. I couldn't just sort, I couldn't sort through them. They uh-huh. would always be in front. Was, and I guess I would have been a little older because eighty four for the one. Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry, uh-huh. and Ozzy Osbourne's Speak of the Devil, yeah. which is a live album. Mm-hmm. 
And for some reason, every time we would go in there, those two albums would be sitting in the front as I'd be wandering around looking at stuff. Yeah. And they're kind of, for a kid, they're kind of creepy looking album covers in a sense. But that was my early vinyl memories. But I had vinyl. That was it. I had yeah. the very first vinyl record I ever owned personally was the um, original cast recording of Popeye the Movie with Robin Williams. Really? That's funny. Yeah. That was, that's 80. That was 80. 1980. Was it? Yep. I, I thought it was 81 or 82. But. No, that was 1980. And that was the first one I owned. I was probably three when i got it yeah that's funny (laughs) yeah i remember like uh you know when i was little like making popcorn in the fireplace on the thing and and we just had jiffy pop yeah yeah and we'd have like the lights off in the living room with the fireplace going and record player going in the living room and i don't know it's just cool well it was just kind of natural thing it was just the way it was you know music came on records yeah and And i grew up in a somewhat of a musical household me too my My, especially my dad. My dad's always been into music and things like that, and and uh, my mom, I guess, not so much. But so there was always music and stuff going on, and so I don't know. It, it, vinyl. Well, there were children of the seventies. Yes, so. and I don't know vinyl. Like you said, the the I was always drawn to the, like the artwork of mm-hmm. it. You know, the the covers were always really cool, and it just just holding the vinyl in your hand was was kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Well, there's a physicality to it in every sense. And this is as as an adult how I I've, I appreciate it. There's the physicality of holding the record, the 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 album covers, being able to look at them, turn them over, take the record out, placing it on the on the turntable, moving the needle, setting it down. But even in the terms of its playing, it's mm-hmm. all in a it's all physical. Yeah. Everything about it's physical. It's the 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 vinyl record is turning and needle the groove needle is hitting the grooves and making the music coming from that everything about it is physical yeah and there's a warmth to that even with the hisses and the pops there's a there's a warmth to it that it can't i don't think can be recaptured in no digital of any kind not at all and it was never even recaptured on cassette the only thing that was nice about cassettes were the convenience factor mm-hmm which I had a lot of cassettes too. Most of the time, I'd say I bought more cassettes than vinyl because it was the '80s. You could listen to them in your head in your Walkman, mm-hmm. you know. But just that, as an like I said, as an adult looking back on it, there's just that that's that warmth connection you have with the physicality of that music yeah. and, being and played to I, you. And it's funny how we've gotten so far away from that, but it seems like it's coming back though. It is. That's so, kind of what we're talking about. So in about. the late in the late 80s, well, well, prior to the late 80s, record stores were able to return unpopular. So they'd get a huge shipment of records in, mm-hmm. and they'd kind of sell through whatever was popular, and they would even have a lot of stuff that wasn't popular, just kind of off-the-wall kind of stuff. And But they were able to return those. Um, so they, they could return the, the less popular ones when and, and, and order new stock, new stock basically. Yeah. Um, so and then, like the late eighties, like eighty eight, eighty nine, somewhere around there, the the record companies were finally like, you know, we don't want we don't want these back. You're not moving them. That's your problem. Yeah, it's your problem. So they either they either reduced the amount of money that they'd give for the returns, or they would just stop taking the returns back altogether. Which so, meant stores were starting to buy less. Yes, exactly. So stores didn't want to get stuck with stuck with this, old, this stock that isn't moving. Mm-hmm. 
So they dedicated a lot less space in their stores to vinyl, and because it, CDs are starting to pick up. See, and that's the thing is is the the record companies wanted to move people into CDs, right? Because they were cheaper to produce, they could sell them at the same price and make more money off of it, right? So there was this effort to move people into that. So I, I think that probably had a lot to do with the the reduct the reducing of 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 record sales, really, because. Um, it was all profit driven. Well, it was profit driven, but it was also, there was this, I don't want to say it was like, um, a craze, but there, there were selling points to CDs. You, if eventually vinyl will break down, if, especially if it's not taken care of. Yeah. Whereas untouched, a CD is fine forever. Forever. Theoretically. Um, as long, like I said, as long as it's untouched, not scratched up. There's no reason, and they there was this thing about clarity, where you don't get the hisses and the pops, and I can see some side of that. You know, you if, if you have a decent record player and a decent needle, those yeah. hisses and pops, and if you take care of your records, you're not gonna have that. You're issue. not gonna have the issue as much. And like I said, it adds warmth. But to that time period, it's it's like a new technology. Like even we still do it today. They take I you know Apple. They can sell you an iPhone 22 a year after they sell you the 21 with like minor upgrades, but people fucking fly out and buy it. So it's the same thing. It's it's this new technology. CDs were smaller. They took up less space, mm-hmm. and and they're they're mobile. And they're and well, they you, weren't quite mobile at the beginning. They they became mobile very quickly. But, yes, but well, I mean, they had Walkman, you know, CDs, yeah, yeah. Uh, Discmans. They called Discmans, them. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right. They. Uh, but even that was was yeah because you'd walk was, you'd walk and make it skip but. that and well then they would sell you the large the, the more expensive one with the shock absorbers and all yeah. that stuff but those were even more like early nineties I'm talking like the late eighties when the CD craze was really kind of kicking in and starting yeah um, and there were other benefits you could get more capacity too yeah a record a, lot more. a vinyl record really has a forty five fifty minute limitation. So, uh, in cases where a double album would be required, you didn't necessarily need that now. Yeah, no, and and that's where it became a lot more popular. Uh, popular. Right. Well, it was it was a lot more inexpensive right. for the companies to press and cheaper for one us. CD. Right. And well, the, not really, because to I mean, a degree, instead of having to buy a double record where they might charge twenty five dollars, you could get the CD for that was one CD for sixteen. Sixteen. And I don't even, I don't even think records were more over. A lot of the ones I remember, no, they, when they were over, back in the day. They, they were they twenty were bucks, fifteen to twenty bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and so CDs weren't really that much cheaper. No, no, they weren't. They never really were until say the mid nineties when the Best Buys Even, and stuff started coming out with ten dollars CDs. Yeah. You know that was the selling point for Best so, Buy. They sold a huge collection, selection, and they were ten bucks. Yeah. So they were. It was probably costing them half the price to produce the. It was the material. It's a matter of cheapness for yeah. sure, and and there is a cheapness to CDs which. It took, it really took us all a long time to really realize how uh, short-term CDs really are. Yeah. To the point where they were almost super disposable. I mean, look at how people would keep them. I mean, we were, and we were all guilty. We had those CD books. Those I still see people with those visor CD holders. Yeah. And I mean, that's they're just so disposable, yeah. and it was kind of built into the model where vinyl. 
is not. It's a collectible. Yeah. You're 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 not just buying it to listen to it. You're buying it to own it. Because it's art. There's an the, art. The, exactly. There's the, an artist. The actual art. vinyl and the cover and the whole package, it's art. Have you ever watched, there's a YouTube video that shows how vinyl No, I don't records... watch YouTube videos. You don't? Seriously, I do not watch YouTube videos. Well, I fucking hate YouTube. Why? I don't know, because nothing but a bunch of trash. No, it's trash when you look for trash. If you look for good stuff, it's, you find good stuff. Nope. I, I watch YouTube all the time. I don't watch so trash. If, so if your sentence ever starts with, hey, do you watch? did you watch this YouTube video? The automatic answer is no. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a YouTube video that shows how vinyl records are made. Well, and cool. it's really fucking fantastic, fascinating. That's cool. So watch that. <laughs> get over yourself. Get no. off your high horse and watch that. <laughs> Instead of saying it's all bad, just there's good in everything. Find the good. Just just like all the news channels are bad. It's it's all trash. Well, that, I can't but, uh, I can't necessarily argue with that. But YouTube the, is you you have the choice. You don't have to watch the videos that are on there. You can watch the videos you want. I just choose to watch other things. Oh, well, that's I, fine. I, um, so even even though the there was this like forced movement from vinyl to CDs in the late forced in but the very late 80s. easy. They didn't really have to work too hard. Yeah, it no, was a new technology. But there was the vinyl sales in the U.S. still grew from about three hundred thousand or a little over three hundred thousand units in '93. So it was a much smaller number. From what it was in the 80s. I don't remember the exact you numbers. You said the numbers still grew. So what did they, you mean so they it, dropped? It, no, they grew. They vinyl went, vinyl sales dropped, grew until what year? From 93, they went from about 300,000 units until 2000. In 2000, they hit 1.5 million units. So they were still growing through. Vinyl records? Vinyl, yes. Really? Yes. Vinyl sales because you couldn't find then, you couldn't find a vinyl record in a in a in a high end store. You had to go to like flea markets and shit. I just, no, I remember seeing vinyl. I remember Media Play had vinyl. I never remember seeing. Yeah, that. oh god, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, they did. Wow. Um, I, I was very unobservant then because I never saw that. But you figure at the time through the the especially the the mid to late nineties, everyone bought vinyl. You, I mean, everyone bought CDs. So you weren't paying attention to the right. To the vinyl well, I just didn't know. Well, like and that. I didn't have a record player either. But but uh, you know, I remember because we used to go to Gibraltar a lot. Yeah, and they, they, they always had, had new stuff. I mean, that's no, what they I'm had talking. a lot of new stuff there. I never remember seeing oh, yeah. new stuff. So in, it was always odd. It was odd to me when when I noticed kind of this kind of coming back was two thousand eight. Yeah. That was when I noticed it. And I was like, because it was, and, and, it was and actually because Metallica's Death Magnetic came out on yep. the same day on a vinyl as it did the CD. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And and I saw there was a couple other uh, sections. You know, it was a, kind of a small section, but I was at a store in Tennessee. And and I think Ben Fold's album's uh, Way to Normal came out that year. That, that was on vinyl. And yeah. Yeah, I remember other, Hastings had vinyl yeah, there, too. Well, yeah, exactly. And that was kind of, it wasn't Hastings I'm talking about, but they when it's just kind of starting to come Hastings back. Hastings was a store in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, by the way. Yeah, it was a chain. Yeah. That goes Were they a the, chain? Yeah, but not up here. It was like Tennessee West. Oh. Um, so, yeah, sales went from about 300,000, a little over 300,000 units in So it never dropped. Well, it did because in the 80s it was all, it was probably, I don't remember what the number was, 750,000 to a million units a year. And, and then, then it went down then to it dra- Yeah, it went, dra- so it Got dropped. It. And then from 93, it went from 300,000 to about one and a half. Progressively mi- over the next seven years. It went, yeah, to about one and a half million units in 2000. But then after 2000, it dived. It, it dived again. It di- you know, 
Well, that really was well. Off. Think about this. That was around the time of the the early days of download too. Yeah, yeah, it was. So they figured I think Na- Napster, all, Napster, all music di- died then. Probably all, all physical media started dying then. Um, but since 2006, sales have gone back up. 2007, which was when this technically they call it the vinyl revival. I think uh-huh. is what they call it. Yeah, vinyl revival is what they call it. Uh, it started in 2007. So in 2007. They had, there was 1 million units sold in 2007. 2008, it jumped up to 1.8 million units. Um, and then it grew. It's, it's been it, growing progressively well, ever since. Well, it, it, it's, it went up slightly. So from what I said in 2008, it was 1.8 million units in 2008. Mm-hmm. 2009, it was 2.5 million. Uh, 2010, it was 2.8. So it went up a little bit. And then uh, 3.9 and 4.6 million by 2012. But since 2012, it's really exploded. Yeah. Because in, in, so 2012, it's 4.6. The next year in 2015, it goes up to, I'm sorry, uh, it, 2013. I'm sorry. Yeah. 2013. And we have, so it goes from 4.6 to 6.1 million mm-hmm. units the next year. And then by 2015, it's at 11.9 million units. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2016, 13 million units, and then finally in 2017, it's 14.3 million. Right. So it it, it steadily went up for a couple of years, and then it exploded. Yeah. So now this year, you're talking there's probably going to be excess of 15 million units sold in the U.S., which is a really big number. That's a huge number for for um, uh, an industry. They're saying that the the vinyl sales right now are the highest they've been in over 25 years. Right. And then that's for an industry that has essentially almost given up on physical media all for streaming where more so than even the film industry and the yeah. television industry because uh-huh. the music streaming has been going on a lot longer and it's cheaper well look at it this way so um sony music who's one of the bigger um record record labels yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um in march of this year so march of 2018 two through two and a half months ago yeah they resumed in-house production of vinyl records for the first time since 1989 Really? Yeah. And that's kind of the the thing that's increased the price of them, too, is the fact that in order to get... There's a backlog of vinyl. Mm-hmm. There are bands and record labels and everything who are trying to get r- new vinyl repressings made, and they're on a waiting list yeah. to get these things made. Mm-hmm. So that's that's shocking that, that a studi- uh, an actual um, label is moving... Strictly to in house, in house, yeah. yeah. Which is something that, that, like you said, hasn't been done in they, decades. Yeah, from from the forties and fifties all the way until the late eighties. That's what they all did. They everyone everyone pressed in house, right? But you know, even with these numbers, like I said, fourteen or fifteen million units sold per year in the United States, it's still less than six percent of overall music sales. Wow. See, it's I guess it's it's just shocking to me that. I mean, I understand buying music online, but it, there's, it's weird. I, I to me, I, I don't know. There's just if you can get a physical copy, when you buy the when you buy a digital, there's not nothing to it. There's I don't know. No, See, and that's, that's kind of the funny there, thing. The is. artwork and and take this for what it's worth. Since the advent of CDs, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but there's less effort put into the artwork of a record. I wouldn't necessarily CD. say that. And there's a, some, a great deal of records made, say, since 1990. I think there's a there's a 
d- drastic decline in the artistic level they put into the album covers. I would say I w- there's exceptions for sure. I would say you're right from if not, I wouldn't say anything about you. I think you're looking at strictly like the rock early, music, maybe late, too? but really late. I say 99 or 2000, so really late 90s through okay. like 2010. I would say fair maybe. enough. A fair lot enough. of them were. On your bland side, I would yeah. say, but really since 2010, really since there's the vinyl been a, there's revival, been a, it, there's really been yeah. an uptick in uptick, yeah, for sure. No, in, no, there's in the quality of the artwork. But it, but take this for what it's worth. Is that because now it's going to be on a it's going to be on something permanent, like a a record that someone's going to own and collect? Do you think that has something to do with? No, that? I think it has more to do probably with the something we're, we'll touch on probably a little later, which is streaming music, right? Because if you're an artist. Um, like uh, MXPX, who's a band? If you've never heard, if you've never heard of them before, they're band out of uh, Washington. I love but, them, but I've never heard of them either. <laughs> they uh, so they did a Kickstarter this year, to which they've never done before. But they're raising money because they're gonna produe and record their own album, right? Without a studio, or with, without, with, a label. without a label. Yeah. Um. So they're produced. Yeah. But they're. I think you're looking more at, at the streaming model, which is what they're do, they're going to do. They're going to the Kickstarter was anyone you could purchase different packages. So there were some vinyl packages, mm-hmm. um, a couple of CD packages, but most of it was all downloadable, right? So that'd be the low end, probably. Yes, low end package. Well, everything, every one of their packages came with a downloadable version of the. Oh, okay. So if you're an artist, say you're an artist today, and you look at it and say, "Look, I can go into a studio." Um, for a fraction of the price, you can even do build it, your own you, studio. You can even home. build your own studio at home. I mean, hell, you could probably record a really good album on the equipment we're using right now. I would think so. Um, be hard to master it with what we've got, but no, it wouldn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how. You'd need a different program that we use, but you. Yeah, I guess the engineering side and all that. I'm not terribly. Familiar um, but you with, could but. go ahead and knock an album out like that for a fraction of the price, and then not worry about. The cost to press a CD, to press an album, mm-hmm. to make physical media with it, and you could spend more money and time into the artwork. True. If you're if you're an artist, if you're a, a smaller artist, because that's always been the, the the hard thing for smaller artists to do. We had, before the the streaming and digital music era started, was finding traction in the music world through because it was hard to to. To get your music out there. Right. And it's a lot easier now, especially when you have things like SoundCloud, which you can go on and upload your own music to and have it right. out there. So I think yeah. so I think the stre- streaming has led probably to the the uh, ability to have, to put more money back into the, the artwork of it. Right. But the thing with streaming is is that is the the need for the artwork is less. It's kind of what I, not so much with streaming, but with downloading. Because a lot of times well, streaming. Well, take this. Take this day. for for the for example. Uh, Jethro Tull's "Thick as a Brick." It's two songs, on side one and side two. Well, it's technically, it's one technically song. one song. One broken song, up, broken up into two parts because yeah. side one, side two. Um, when Ian Anderson decided to do a "Thick as a Brick" two in 2012, he wrote it as one piece, yeah. but then decided against that because in this day and age of digital download, some people may not want. A forty-five minute song, and or no, even a twenty-minute no, song. Probably what what into that what the bigger piece of that that, uh, that he was probably thinking about is 
charging for it. True. So you, you typically you charge about ninety nine cents for a right. song, but that's track. but also so for the for that one song you'd have to charge five or six dollars for that track, which well, you probably I, you can probably make you're probably gonna make more money off selling it ninety nine. I'd cent have tracks. to look, but the I, I've looked at iTunes. iTunes sells Thick as a Brick side one and two for nine for a dollar twenty nine each. Really? I think so. I'd have to look at it again. Maybe look. You you've got Apple, so you can look it up. But look at that again. You have to see if they have, because they have broken up the remastered version into parts, like twelve oh. parts. So, but the original was broke was just two parts, one side, one side two. So you'd have to look and see. But I know it was cheap. Really? Yeah. And I can't see. I mean, I don't know how much influence he would have on that. Well, look at that one because I think that's the ninety-seven remaster. See, I've got Apple Music, so it's not going to give me the price. Oh, okay. It's all free. Yeah. Well, it's not free, but yeah. it doesn't give me the the price of the album. Okay. I'd have to look it up on my phone, but right. Okay, but see what I mean, though. It's broken up into two parts, and it's got that one had some bonus tracks. But if you look yeah. at just the two parts of the song, uh, but in his in in his explanation, I'm sure there was some money involved. But at at this stage in the game, an artist who's been around for fifty years isn't really looking to be, be making money off of a new album because no Maybe. one's bought very few people are buying it now people did buy that record it was in the charts in the na- international charts for sure it's okay so itunes does not sell the song individually they used to you have to buy the album for twelve dollars they used to yeah uh, probably they probably got away with it away from it when they started apple music oh probably probably so Regardless, but that was one of the things. So he, oh, I'm he, sorry, they do sell them individually. The one that they sell individually is um, all the. It's the it's rem- eight it's the, eight tracks. Eight tracks, yeah. That's what I figured, and that's the one that just came out in 2012, anyway. So, yeah, and it, that that one's nine dollars yeah. or ten dollars so, for the whole album. For the whole album, yeah, or or a dollar twenty nine a track, yeah. So when he came, when it came to, he actually he rewrote it a bit. To be able to break it up into parts. Yeah. So what, for whatever it's worth, whether it was for money, I don't think it was for money because he doesn't care about money. He's richer than shit. Um, They're always thinking about money. I don't think he, he makes all of, he does not make money off of record sales. He hasn't made money off record sales. He's making for money 20 off years. record sales because they he, don't they have their own label that they release no. through? That was released through Chrysalis Records or EMI, which owns yeah. Chrysalis Records. Okay. Um, EMI is one of the biggest ones and they're one of the most corrupt, by the way. EMI's they're huge. all they're all corrupt. Yeah. By the way, EMI was sued multiple times by artists. To touch on streaming music real quick, you know the the money that so the streaming uh, the streaming sites pay very little fractions of a penny, fractions of a penny yeah. per play. Seventy yep. percent of that fraction of a per, uh, of a penny goes to the labels. Seventy percent. The other thirty goes to the artists, the producers, the writers. So, uh, and that's just of the fraction, which Correct. Spotify for the, for the most part, and I think you, you have the exact number, but it's about point zero 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 four cents. It is three zero Spotify point zero zero three nine seven. So, okay. So actually it's a little higher than I was thinking. So no, it's lower. I said three zeros and a four. It's oh. two zeros and a three. So yeah. Um, gotcha. That's how I do my math, by the way. <laughs> uh, at least in, in that kind of 
decimal point type. So was that three hundred ninety-seven thousandths of a penny? Uh, hundredths of a penny. Okay, yeah, three hundredths. Oh a penny. yeah, yeah. Uh, per play, and seventy percent of that goes to the to the record label that owns the song or license is licensed to the song. So you would have to sell. You would have to get a million plays to make thirteen hundred bucks. With with see and that's and that's well I'm sorry that's I was looking at Pandora's numbers so oh. a million plays to make three basically four grand mm-hmm. um, whereas Apple Music it's if you have a, a million plays you get sixty four hundred bucks and Spotify would be somewhere in between right well no Spotify is less less than Pandora. Oh no no no! It's less than Apple Music, but more than right. Than that's Pandora, what I said. Yeah. That's who's in between. Um, so yeah, you're you're may you're not making a whole lot of money off. No, but off the streaming. key is is that you get on. If 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 it were me, like I said, I don't I don't know how it works for for recording artists that don't tour six to eight months out of the year. Well, artists only only make money off their tours now, right? But I don't know what. I don't pay attention to artists I don't listen to and yeah. what they're touring. So, um, and I don't know what how it works overseas. The bands I listen to do most of their touring overseas because okay. they sell bigger. They can do bigger shows there because yeah. they're more popular. Yeah. Um, the when country, they come the here, countries they do, are also smaller. But. True, but when they come here, they do smaller venues, and they're probably not making the same percentage. But most of the bands I listen to are touring eight nine months out of the year every year because mm-hmm. that's where they're making their money so you're not going to make the money on record you might now i don't know what if if the record labels are smart they're going to share any profits they're making off of vinyl more so with the with the artists to probably keep not. artists on board it's probably still you're going to lose artists it's probably still a really small number if if a band like mxpx which is is a well-known band to a point but they're well they're, they're a small they're, band. they're a small band Two if, two, if two of their band members have regular jobs. regular jobs, right? And they've been around for fifteen years. Uh, they just celebrated their twenty fifth anniversary. Oh, last so year. longer than I thought. Um, if they can raise, if they can ask their fans to give them, would you say sixty thousand? Uh, their their original Kickstarter was set, I think, at fifty thousand. Fifty thousand, and, and they, they ended up raising over two hundred thousand dollars. That's my that was the point I was getting at. If a band like that with a very small, relatively small fan base can raise enough money to raise enough to get seven times what they need to make what they there's no reason they need a record label. So if a record label a wants of, to survive, they need to do start doing things to keep their, their artists happy. There's a lot of other artists that are currently doing Kickstarters yeah, or have recently tried to do Kickstarters because when I because I donated to MXPX's mm-hmm. Kickstarter. Um, just because I wanted the the vinyl, um, and there's a lot of Kickstarters on there for bands that are they don't have more than a thousand bucks that that's been yeah. donated to them. Um, which you know that might be enough to to get maybe a demo put together, right? Um, but what I you know I guess what the point is is that there's there's options for bands and artists outside of the labels now oh yeah and that's something that's really changed in the past mm-hmm. 10 years um because prior to 
the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s. Yeah, it was still too expensive to self-record. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, I, can, and, I have it, an example in the reverse, kind of, a band I like. Um, I don't know the details, but I know that they had to do a bit of a, a crowdfunded. Um, they crowdfunded their their album X. It's, it was like who who is this? Foxbeard. Um, the album's called X, and they had to crowdfund it because they didn't have enough financial backing from the label they had or whatever. But they kind of a similar situation. They asked for X amount of dollars, and that's ironic that this name of their album. Yeah. Um, I'm just using it as a as yeah. gotcha a indicator, and they ended up raising like. Two to three times that. Yeah. And that, and uh, whatever thinking their label had, or if they were with a different label, it got them a new contract yeah. with the label that they're on now, whether it was a new brand new contract or just a revamped contract. Mm-hmm. And the last two albums were done in the traditional way. They didn't have to, they didn't have to do a Kickstarter for yeah. them. So to me, it seems like that's the kind of thing the, the record label saw that there's there's financial potential that this yeah. band. So let's but, invest in this But you band. know, if I'm a band and I'm able to crowdfund like and that. And do it yourself. And do it yourself. I'd rather do it that it way. Makes, it does make more sense. But, but there I are benefits say, to having a label. You have of course, advertising backing. You've got yeah. uh, stability and just in case. You know, I think you, in, no one in, goes out to make a bad album, but sometimes people, artists make bad albums. I think in recording ability. Because um, I look at, at, back to MXPX, they're... Their three albums when they were with A&M are their best three albums, in my opinion. Okay, fair enough, yeah. And, and their other albums are good, but I think those three are are head and shoulders, their better albums. Do you think it, that had something to do with not so much just being under a record label, but having not having to worry about the things that a Maybe. record label would make? Maybe. To, and now as... A, as independent artists they only have to worry about all this other shit too and they and they're they, i mean they made really good albums with so they were with tooth and nail was the was the independent label they used before that and when they made their album life in general which is what we, okay, where we got we, the name for the I stole the, yeah. Yeah, I stole the name for the show from but uh-huh. uh so i mean that that album was made with tooth and nail and that was a really good album yeah. but so slowly going the way of the buffalo which was their first album with with a and m i th- in my opinion it's one of the <coughs> it's Excuse one me. of the best uh, punk rock albums of the nineties. I'd have to listen to it again to, to to go that far, but um, the same thing can be said with Green Day when they were on Lookout Records, their first two albums. Kerplunk is an awesome fucking album. It is, though. but just in quality. Think of listen because Welcome to Paradise is on Kerplunk and it's on Dookie. Uh, yeah, the the Dookie version it's, sounds better. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a cleaner. High, it's a cleaner, have better produced version. Yes. Um, because they had they had the money of a record label behind them, and yes. that was still the '90s, where things were still different. Yeah, you know, I think maybe artists still got a, a little bit more for their records. Because uh, they they never really got anything. From no, the records. but I mean, they got something from their records, but there was a time in the out. '70s, there was no incentive for a band to put out the volume of music that they were putting out, because if they weren't making money off of those two, because ba- all the bands back then. We're pumping records out every year. I think that pretty was, much. I think that was a and lot. that was incentive. the The record companies want because that's where the record companies got their money. Yes, but but it they also shared it too. But it also made it to where if you're a a fan of band X in the seventies, um, and they came out with a new album, let's say in nineteen seventy five, okay, and you bought that album, went and saw them in concert, and then 
they didn't release an album for the next couple of years, but they were still touring, you'd be, I think most people would be less inclined to go see them again in 76 and 77. If there wasn't another If there album. wasn't another but album. see, no, the, the tours were designed so the, to the, advertise the albums. But that's what, but... Yeah, because the record company wants to make the money off the album. But if you have, if you release new material every year or every other year, people are more inclined to go see you multiple times. But that shouldn't have changed, and it did. Has artists now take two years to put out a fucking album, and that's minimum. Because I think very few artists put albums out every year. Yeah. Very few. Um, even even hip hop artists, where, like you said, with they they're doing home recording, they've got. They have the potential to pump out three or four songs in a day yeah. from, from recording to master, it's, and they're still taking two years to put out a fucking album. Because I think there's, there's not a whole lot of incentive to it, because as an artist, as an artist, you're no longer making anything off your music, unless you're touring. Yeah, I guess, but that's, what, that's kind of what my point was. If physical media, vinyl is what will save the record industry, in my opinion. Yeah. Because ever since the Napster boom, the, the, the downloading, file sharing, stealing of music, the record labels have, been no, have done nothing but cry bankruptcy. Yeah. Where they're sucking us dry, we're not making any Even though money. they're still making profits. Well, of course. Like they're, of course. Um, and, and the bands, too. Metallica, perfect example. Yeah. You know, you're stealing food from my mouth. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was essentially what Lars Ulrich was taught. You're taking food out of my kid's mouth yeah. by, by downloading our songs. There's physical media now. The record labels want to make sure that they're making money off of that. It makes sense. Yes, you might lose in the, in the short term, but you'll gain in the long yeah. run. Mm-hmm. And that's, kind of, that's, that's essentially the point I was trying to make. Vinyl is the savior of the music industry it, it, I, as I a business. It, yeah. And it, they it, need even to, for the artists. And right. And that's what I'm saying. It, and it shouldn't just be the labels. No. It should be the artists too. There has to be because you can it's not about convincing. If you create that market in a in a fair and just way, which I think they are, because it's kind of building itself, people will not they'll have no problems going out and buying a record. Yeah. And a lot of albums, they it seems like they've stopped doing it. Because when I started getting back into vinyl in, say, 2000, I guess it would have been about 2012, 2013, when I finally was able to get a record player and start buying my vinyl again mm-hmm. and rebuying vinyl that I had and don't have anymore. A lot of you buy a, a new one and it would come with a digital download code. Yeah. Which makes sense because a lot of people still are listening to music on their on their tablets or devices, yeah. whatever. iPods. I don't think iPods really exist anymore. Necessarily. Sure, they do. Yeah, no one's buying them because you can put it on your phone. Your phone. Can a be lot of people iPod. still have iPods. Yeah, I haven't used my iPod in two years. Yeah. So because I can just use my phone, but and that's not even just streaming. I can put music on my phone the same way I put it on an iPod mm-hmm. if I wanted to. But that, to me, was a sound business model because you're not only – most people are going to want a digital copy no matter what. Yeah. Because you can't really make a digital copy. Well, you can. If you have the you right can. record player, yep. you can make a digital copy. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, it, you know, regular – They're expensive. They're expensive. You can. Well, not that much. I can get, uh, the one I'm looking at is 300 bucks. That's a lot for a record player. When you can get a decent record player for 100 bucks. Right. But anyway, still, 
come with the digital copy. You, you, you're buying the vinyl. The digital copy doesn't cost anything for them. Yeah. You're getting physical media. You're getting it in people's hands. Yeah. And it, and it's, I don't know. I just, I think, I think it's going to save the industry. I think it's already starting to save the industry. It's just got to be, it's, it's got to work for everybody. I think it's definitely going to make the industry more profitable. Right. But it, that's got to work for the artists too. And, uh, and you're mentioning sales in 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 Europe. I I do have the numbers for the UK. Okay. Um, which the most recent numbers are from 2016. They sold uh, 3.2 million units in, in just in the UK. Just in the UK in 2016, and, and another 3.1 million in Germany. Yeah. And those are probably markets that. Those are the two biggest markets in the in, in, Europe. in Europe, right? But also, I I would think that those are markets that uh, I know Germany specifically. Was way ahead of the curve on on on, D, on CDs. Yeah. Um, in fact, most of those early CDs that people bought in like say eighty four, eighty five were all manufactured in Germany. Yeah. So, I would say vinyl probably took a bigger hit there first, Pro- probably than it did anywhere else in the world. Um, with the exception of maybe Japan too, because Japan was producing CD players; they were making the CD players. It, it was kind of funny though because I was such I, I was so late into the whole CD yeah. phase. I mean, it's like I didn't buy my first CD until they ten years after they were popular. But I kind of adopted. Yeah, it was like ninety seven when you got yeah. your first one. Yeah, I think it was ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere in there. Do you remember what your but, first CD was? Um, I think it was one of Soundgarden's albums. Okay, and and it was shortly thereafter I got you. But I had to rebuy your Kerplunk for you. And. uh was it Harvest by Neil Young, I think? Well, I know I had that on CD. I didn't know if you did. Yeah, I had it on CD. That and, yeah, I think it was... Uh, those two? Well, yeah, I those two re- I honestly have no... I bought it from Meyer. No, but, uh, yeah, and I have no memory of my second one, but my first one was Ozzy Osbourne's The Ultimate Sin. First CD I ever owned. Yeah. It, but it was funny, like I was saying, though. I uh, I I was late in the CDs, but I, I adopted digital pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, as of... I haven't bought a CD since 1997. In 1997, I digitized all my CDs, and I took all my CDs and put them in the trash. In 97? I'm sorry, in 2007. I was say, no, I remember... We, we, we're talking 97 about is you, when you started yeah, buying yeah, CDs. Yeah. You threw Kinda. me off. It threw me so, off. But yeah, 2007 yeah. was the last time I bought a CD. Yeah. Um, well, I've bought in CDs because I, I've bought... I, there are bands I'll... Now I'm hoping not to have to buy CDs anymore because all everything that comes out is coming out on vinyl. But there's certain things like some of the tall packages, these special edition packages they yeah. put out, are CDs. I'm buying those, but those are again for collectible issues. Yeah, they're, they're coming in special packaging and everything else. And I'm still buying. I'm buying them twice because I'm buying that, and I'm still buying the the, the vinyl that's coming with it. Or it's yeah. coming out around the same time. Um, and these are albums that I've probably already bought two or three times before now. Yeah. So take that for what it's worth, because you get real collectors who are going to do that kind of shit. They're uh-huh. going to buy albums four or five times over, yeah. you know, for, th- for different for uh, different formats, and 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 they're going to buy albums and... that have been out for fifty years or forty years that they they had and yeah. don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, it's new. I'll buy it. Well, yeah, because I've know? I've done that with with several um, albums because I had a, I had a really nice um collection that i got from my my dad when yeah when right. they no longer had a, a record player i took all their 
all the records or all his records. And I bought a lot from flea markets and things yeah, like that, yeah. whatever I could find in really good shape. So I had a pretty decent collection. And then um, when they moved, they I mean, they threw them all out. Yeah. Which really kind of sucks. Well, it's it's short sightedness. My mom did the same. When, my mom did the now same gotta, thing to now me. I got to go back and rebuy them all. My mom did the same thing to me when I bought my CD player. Yeah. Because now, oh, you don't need your records anymore. The only ones she let me keep were the ones that my dad had given me specifically, the Jethro Tull ones. Yeah. Because uh, she knew those meant something to me. Yeah. But no, you get you, you got to throw those out because you have a CD player now. Yeah. You're not you don't need them. And at the time, you're probably like, yeah, whatever. No, I was upset about it oh, then, really? but. Um, but I saw the logic to a degree because it's just space that's taking up space I'm not yeah. using. And at that point, who would have who would have thought that CD CDs were made to were were um, advertised to be the coolest thing, the best yeah. thing, a, a superior a superior product. product, and they're not. No. But the uh, real quick, I didn't want to touch on on streaming because it's yeah. something that's really we come have, up the, a little bit, the last couple ahead. of times, the last couple of years. Anyway, you know, so there's really five big. Uh, stream services. streaming services. Uh, the biggest is SoundCloud, actually. Really? Which, yeah, which has 175 million users. Um, Spotify is second, which has 157 million users, but only 75 million uh, of them are paying users. And I'm one of the paying. Um, Pandora is is third with 78 million, which I I've never. I, I mean, I've used. I think I've used Pandora a couple times, but I was I never, never liked it. And I was never. I never enough. used the paid version, but the the free version is. It's not. I don't no, like it. No. Um, tune in radio, which hey, we're our shows on tune in. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that on my phone. I've not played with it too much though. I listen a lot of like international radio on tune in. I listen okay. a lot of stuff out of out of out of the UK on there for your for your football stuff, soccer stuff. Yeah, soccer, real football, right. Um, and then Apple Music is fifth, fifth with uh, with fifty million. That's weird that Apple's actually lower. But if you look at it this way, so it took Apple six months to get to the volume of users that it took Spotify six years to get to. Right. And Apple is now adding roughly two million users a month to mm. their service. So they'll they'll probably surpass, but or yeah, because if, 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 if you look at paid users. You got 50 million for Apple and 75 million for Spotify. And Spotify has been around for a whole lot longer. Apple right. Music's only well, been around for a couple arguably of years. Well, you could say Spotify and Pandora kind of started the the whole. Pandora's been around for. I remember dealing with Pandora um, back in, fuck, 2005. Yeah. Because there's a girl I knew that kind of got me hooked on it a little bit. And, um,. I, at the time, it was I just it was I was still in the CD phase, yeah. so it didn't make much sense. But now it I mean Spotify, Pandora hasn't really changed much since then. Whereas Spotify is more in tune with how I listen to music. Yeah, and it was like yeah, you said it was right around the mid two thousands because in two thousand four, uh, there were one hundred and sixty million uh, tracks downloaded. So it went from one hundred and sixty million in two thousand four to seven hundred ninety five million tracks in two thousand six. It's dropped. No, it went from 160 million. Oh, I, okay. 160 million to 795 million. Oh, me, so that's numbers a, play differently in my head. That's sorry. <laughs> they don't, uh, so, they don't work in my head the way that they should. So it it, it basically equal. It accounted for a, rev, a revenue from about uh, 300, 397 million in 2004 to over two billion dollars. Wow. 
So the record the record companies are making fucking money. Hell yeah, they are. Um, and uh, I know so you. I use Spotify. I've got the a free account free for, version, Spotify, yeah. for Spotify, and I've but used, see that's even the free version is better than than Pandora's free version. Yeah, and I've so and I've used the free version of Spotify since. 2011 or 12 somewhere around there well i was way later than that and uh but i i pay for apple music mm-hmm. um just because the the size of their catalog basically yeah. and i've noticed because i've looked at it i'm not plus uh, they pay the artists a lot more money right double pretty much there's of, stuff on apple that they don't have on spotify but there's a few things i've noticed they have on spotify that's not on apple I have. I really just have anything. There's a f- just little things like maybe some single albums yeah. in, in in a catalog, things like that. Um, things that bother my OCD when it comes to that kind of stuff. But um, like what off the top of your head? I mean, what uh, uh, they still don't. I don't. Well, I shouldn't say still. As of two weeks ago, they still don't have the special edition of Heavy Horses. No, I don't think they do. Um, whereas Spotify does. Spotify to take it took them an extra month from the CD release. They basically released it on their. Well, uh, this is, well, uh, what what tracks are on Heavy Horses? This is bonus tracks version. That is the two thousand three remasters. Yeah. Um, no, this is the the new the twenty eighteen fortieth anniversary edition. Gotcha. Which has like fifty tracks on it or no. something like forty tracks, something like that. Several unreleased tracks, tracks that never have never been released anywhere else, uh-huh. that were found in boxes that everyone forgot about, uh, like three or four of them. Well, they got the Steve Wilson remix on here. Oh, that's well, that's the one. So they do have it. Okay, now. they do have it. And what's what? What tracks? The special edition, special tracks after oh, track ten. Uh, oh, no, it's got track eighteen nine. tracks on here. So does it have? Yep. Okay, it's got. It's got. Okay, they've got it now. They might have gotten it at the same time that Spotify got it, but when I looked before, it wasn't there. Yeah, and that's the other thing I was going to say is there. So there was a couple of times where I know Apple paid. Uh, it was twenty sixteen, I think. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. They paid Chance the Rapper uh, five hundred thousand dollars for a two week exclusive for one of his albums. But outside of that, they've really tried to stay away from doing exclusive deals. At least Apple has because they feel. And, and this is from a, re- a press release they'd had uh, read about it. Um, they uh, they felt that it kind of hurt, not only hurt it hurt the artist because it kind of limits it limits their audience, uh, their audience. Yeah. But they, they say it hurts the 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 streaming services in general because um, it hurts it, not necessarily the streaming services, but it hurts the the listener because the listener. If if they like their artist, but their artist is on, they've got certain albums on this service and certain albums on, on another service. That's kind of what I was talking about. So um, they, so uh, basically, at least with the bi- the big two are Spotify and Apple. Right. And so they've kind of tried to stay away from the exclusive uh, deals because of that. Huh. Well, I mean, it's pretty. Or pretty or, or if they don't, there it's it's short term exclusives. Right. I don't see any problem with there being an exclusive for two weeks. If it's a forever exclusive, that's that's ter- that's terrible. Yeah, and it's not like Chance the Rapper didn't get compensated for that, so I don't really think he would have lost out on it. On no, anything. no. I mean, what are the chances of any artist getting five hundred thousand dollars for one record? Yeah, in this day and age mm-hmm. for a record, exactly. When so, and and you figure so Taylor Swift, who, regardless of what you think of her music, she's one of the bigger artists. Sellers, yeah, yeah. 
Um, the last numbers I saw for her last album off of Apple Music, I think they said she made like three hundred thousand dollars or four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars off of. That's just her take. Yeah. Okay. But see, that's, that's kind of what I was talking about with with Ian Anderson. I think it's a brick too. He's not. He, he didn't make it to make money. Yeah. I mean, you just don't, you don't. Which is why he doesn't make an album every two years anymore. He waits four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight years when he when he gets the drive to just put something new out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, but in his, in that sense, he, he figured it would be easier if someone doesn't want all of these songs, they can just pick and choose. And that's one of the benefits to, I guess one of the benefits to, to, to download a downloadable content. Yeah. I guess. Um, as far as streaming goes, I'm fairly new to streaming. I've only I only started using Spotify back in maybe 2015, uh-huh. and I used it. I did the free version because I had an iPod. Ever all the music I wanted was on my iPod. Yeah, the Spotify thing was just convenience, really, and it was very hit or miss. But it kind of got to a point where it was much easier to use my phone because the iPod was old. Uh-huh. And it didn't hold a battery charge yeah. at all. If I unplugged it, it would pretty much die in about five minutes. Mm-hmm. So I had to keep it plugged in all the time. So it just became more convenient, especially at work where I was able to listen to it uh, you know, through the store. And at that point, it was like, well, I think I can swing. It was nine bucks a month then. Now it's ten bucks a month. I could swing it, and it just now it's it's kind of taken over my my music outside of the house music playing. Yeah, when I'm at home, it's if vinyl. I'm listening to music, I'm listening to vinyl. But when I'm out in the car, you can't listen to vinyl in the car. I'm listening to Spotify. Yeah, but the 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 other interesting thing is with the whole streaming, and I don't know what Spotify's doing because I don't. I rarely I rarely use it. I mean, I use Apple Music all every day. Right. Um. But I know Apple Music's really uh, actively investing in the production of music videos of uh of tv series and uh, web series and things like mm-hmm. that also so they're kind of diversifying their their market kind of well that's kind of it's I was not gonna just point that music out. i was going to point that out apple has an advantage over all the other ones because once you're you have an apple account you can purchase music you can purchase movies you can purchase audiobooks all through itunes yeah whereas you don't have those options with spotify so I would say eventually Apple is going to dominate everything because it's just, it'll be easy. Everything's consolidated into one place. Yeah. I don't like the interface with Apple. That's my problem. I haven't, I haven't played around with it too much, but so far I don't like the. When's the last time you used it? Um, Cause they just, they when just. When I checked about that on that heavy horses. So it was a few weeks back. I mean, cause uh, well, what? Oh, you talking about on the computer or no? I just on my phone. I haven't I haven't looked at it on my computer oh. yet. So, but I never listen to music on my computer. So, ever. Yeah. Well, I do. I, 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 if I, do I like I said, if I'm at home, I'm listening to vinyl. So, um, but it, and I, it, it's probably just little things I can get around. I just I haven't played with it too much. But Spotify was just very user friendly for me. And it, like I said, I can listen to music the way I want to listen to music. Oh, I, I feel like the interface, as far as like usability, I think they're really similar. Are they? Yeah. Oh, well, I like I said I didn't play especially with it that especially much, on my phone. I mean, it just it's really easy to 
because I'm really weird. I don't mind listening to songs randomly and shuffle and stuff and having mixed playlists and stuff. But a lot of times, even when I'm in the car, and this is probably because I am a vinyl listener, if I listen to something, I want to listen to the whole album. You can do that with Apple Music. You, I know, and and you can with Spotify. That's all I'm saying. That's my way of listening to music. Yeah. And if I am listening to random things, I have playlists set where I know exactly what I'm going to hear when my playlist is not so random that, you know, I've got playlists for specific types of music, specific bands. So I know you can do all that with Apple. I'm not saying you can't. Yeah. I'm just saying Spotify was what I started with, and it's it's user-friendly <coughs> for me the way I like to listen to music. So Yeah. Um, which may not be the same as what how you listen to music or how someone else listens to music. But like I said, I, I as much as streaming as the dominant the dominant media source for music, I think vinyl is what's gonna save the record industries. Yeah. I really do. That's just a personal opinion. I'm and, not an economist. I don't know I, all this I see, stuff. I mean, I see streaming could really work, too. I mean, just as long as if... It starts becoming more equitable. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing I was kind of going to touch on real quick before we end the show, is is there's been talk of Apple and and Spotify eventually breaking off and becoming their own record labels. Because if you figure if Apple's paying, you know such a, a fraction of a penny for for a, song. a play mm-hmm. and 70% of that fraction is going to the record company it would make almost more sense for apple to become their own record label and instead of 70% take 30% of that and then give actually more money back to the artist right well in a sense they could also arguably if they started not necessarily creating their own label, but focusing on um, encouraging self-production where they can still maintain a, a low payout, a little higher than what they're doing, but that music, that money is going directly to the artist yeah. and the people who made the well, music. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. They could, they could go from, you know, they could probably... But they don't have to pay, they don't have to have the artist on a label and a contract. They can just... But they could Basically have buy those licenses directly from the artist. But they could have, like I said before, they could have their own be, be their own label, mm-hmm. where they have part ownership of the of the music. And like I said, they could take a reduced rate instead of taking seventy percent, take thirty or thirty five percent, and they could actually go to the artist and say, "Look, you're getting this small fraction being with Sony or whoever you're with." But if you come sign a contract with us, we can double that or maybe quadruple that. You don't think that could pose a problem? Say, um, say in ours, like MXPX, say they came to them and say, we want you to sign with us. And you know, your your new stuff will be on here. Their new stuff won't be on Spotify now. So now everything's diverging. We're kind of what's going to end up happening with with streaming services with television where every fucking network wants their own streaming service and it all costs five bucks by the end of the day if you buy if you buy into everything you want you're paying two hundred dollars a month for television it's going to kind of that could run into that potential if you have an album on one service it doesn't necessarily mean it couldn't be on another service no but but you're going to say apple music might want to say and we really don't want to support spotify so we'll charge an arm and a leg above and beyond why because why and that's why i said that if they've got part ownership of the music 
if it's played on Spotify, they're still getting paid for it. But the artist might not. It would be the same they, problem. It would still, no, no. It would be the same thing. It would just be whatever the percentage that they get the the well say say Spotify is paying now it's our now now Apple owns MXPX or has MXPX and they get their new album and Spotify still only wants to pay three cents or point zero zero three cents uh-huh. whereas on Apple they're the artist is getting say five cents on, for every play. Uh-huh. Apple Music isn't going to make anything off of that. Yes, they will, because Apple Music is the record label. So Spotify currently pays 70% to the, of, of the cost to the label. So Apple's going to get 70% of that cut, and the artist is going to get... 70% 30. of three cents, or .003 cents. Correct. So it's not... They're, it, it, so actually, no real financial so actually, benefit to Apple it. would make more money having the music playing on Spotify. Than just on their own service. See what I'm saying? Well, no, because you say yes. that seventy percent is going to the label. I think once Spotify pays the bill, because they're just licensing the music, correct? So they pay the bill to the license, the license holder, which is the record label. The le- record label determines that 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 seventy percent. Spotify is saying here's seventy percent of that, the, and here's the thirty percent. That's the contract. So Spotify has it's the same contract. With because there's only three record labels, right? So, but what I'm saying is, is the three main record labels. Say it was just for simplicity's sake. Say it was a dollar. Right now, Spotify is giving that dollar to the license holder, which is the record label for the majority. Seventy percent of it. No, they're giving the dollar. They're giving the full dollar. If that's what their payout for the license is, yeah, they're giving the record label a dollar. The The record label is keeping seventy cents of that. Yes, it has nothing to do with Spotify. Yes. Um. So that's my point. Yes, what you're talking about, but that's but going to benefit Apple, but, but that wouldn't benefit the artist. That's the contract that Spotify made with the record. So Spotify had to come up. I don't remember the exact dollar amount, but there was like a million and a half or two million dollars up front that Spotify had to come up with before they could license the music through the record companies. So it was a contract that they made with the the record uh, companies up front. They had to prepay for X amount of plays. Okay, but that doesn't cover everything they have. I mean, how many record labels are there? Is what I'm saying. There's three main ones. Yeah, but most of the artists I listen to aren't even on those labels. Okay, but that yes, yes, and no because even like smaller record labels are still are still like offshoots of true. the big big record companies. Yeah, I'd have to look at the what the, if there's parent companies of some of them because I can think of like one specifically that. It's a progressive rock label. They're housed in Germany. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're connected to anything else. But maybe Warner Brothers, now that yeah. I think about it. So there might be a connection there. But is Warner Brothers one of those big three? Sony, yeah, EMI, and what? See, EMI, it's, it's I don't remember what the other, it's, it's called something different. Maybe EMI is Sony now. Maybe that EMI is under Sony. Sony maybe, maybe it is. Because EMI used to be the biggest, one of the biggest record companies in the world. Universal Music Group, Sony, and Warner Music Group, okay. and then EMI. So I guess there's four. Four, okay. Um, Universal Music Group, so it's the big four. So the big four control about 88% of the music market. Um, Universal Music Group takes just under 30%. Sony takes 
just under another 30%. Uh, Warner Music Group takes about 20%. EMI is about 10%. And then independent labels are about 12%. Which is 102% if my math is good. So I don't know how that works. 30, 30, 20. That's 80. And then 12. Well, because it's, it's, it's less than 30%. Oh, and then less oh, than thirty okay. percent, oh, less okay. than twenty gotcha. percent, but it's okay. roughly about those numbers. Okay, all right. Well, that's fair enough then. So I guess there's four big, four big labels, right? Um, but Warner, Sony, and Universal are all U.S. based, right? EMI used to be too. It's not anymore. Not anymore. Oh. I guess, well, according to the old Wikipedia, the old authoritative source that it is. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't say where they're out of. I thought I'm, I I could be wrong. I just know they were huge at one time. They were they were probably bigger than Sony and Universal. Warner Brothers has always been big. At least since the seventies. Seventies they were huge. All the big labels. I mean, they had a, a ton. Of Actually, big according artists. to this art- article I just pulled up, EMI is no longer in existence. Oh, well, why is it on that list? Oh, because it's it it was renamed. It oh. does still exist, okay, but okay. it's been renamed. To what? Oh, I just clicked off of it. Because the, the, the logo still says EMI. Yeah. Oh. But uh, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to see the, the, the transformation from vinyl, from a mostly vinyl industry from the 40s, late 40s through. Um, well, I think it goes back even a little farther than that, but vinyl it, records it, started in like the 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was. Became really popular in the 40s. Right. Because it was the primary source of, of own, owning music. Owning. Yeah, because well, most music. people still listen to just the radio. True. But record players were more compact and easier yeah. to own. Um, they weren't just the old Victrola style where they yeah, crank. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but it was really kind of interesting to see the, the transformation from the vinyl era of, of really about 40, 45 years or so to CDs, which were really only... 20 years, and now we've moved oh, into... Oh, yeah, I don't even think the CDs lasted that long, honestly. Well, but you figure late, 84, eight, late, late 80s say, to mid-2000s? 83, 84, to, yeah, I guess. Probably, yeah, late 2000s. So 20, 20 years, 20 years. Yeah. So now to digital, so it, I don't know. It's I, th- I think you're right, though. I think vinyl vinyl is kind of like the the soul of, 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 the, of music. Because it has been for, for damn near a century. Yeah. And it, it's it was the what well, was the first time. Plus, it's just fucking cool to, <laughs> to look at a record to hold it. Yes, to, and and listen to it and see it spinning. It's everything. Like I said, it's everything it, about it is physical and con- and you connect with it. If you're out, if you're listening to this and you've and it's been a long time since you've listened to a record, listen to one. It's got. If you listen to a record, it's got a different. It's warm. Sound. It's a warmer it, yeah. feeling to it. Yeah. Like I said, I think that comes. From everything about it being physical, you are a part of that listening experience yeah. physically, because you have to you have to touch the record yeah. to put it on. You have to move the needle, even with an automatic needle. You still got to move the needle. Yeah. You're moving the needle. You're placing the needle. You're seeing the 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 record spin. You the you're look. You can see the connection between the needle and the vinyl itself. Everything about it is physical. Yeah, it's, you're it's, a, and you're a part of it. It's inter- just interesting that we're kind of like coming back to right. to that. Well, thing. I think I think it's just I think it's one of those situations where we got it right the first time, and 
that was the way it just should have stayed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know, though. You got anything else to say on any of I mean, No, no. I think uh, I, I, I think we've established that we're very passionate about vinyl, and streaming music is our secondary because that's what it is. And it just, it's it convenient. Just, it is, it's very convenient. Yeah. It's very convenient. And, I mean, let, just as a point of, of reference, we went to record stores today, you and I. Yeah. I had no intention of buying anything. I spent $100. Yeah. I mean, if that, that should tell the record company something. I had no intention. I, there was nothing special I was really looking for. I walked away spending three, spending $100 on yeah. three records. So. I was cheap. I only spent like 35 Yeah, but you got a family to feed. I don't. That's true. I just had my own fat and, self. And, and one, of, one of the records I bought was, and that's the other cool thing, is you can go buy these. There's, you can go out there and buy used records. and, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It just Which is what, I mean, for a long time, I thought that we all, it was only, all we had was used records. Yeah. I didn't even know they were still making them through mm-hmm. the 2000s. I thought they stopped. Yeah. But I don't know. That's about all I got, Ian. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, as always, you can email us any questions or con- uh, comments to contact at lifeinjournalpodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out the website. And That's about it. All of the above. Um, well, until next time. Yep. I- I'll try not to disappoint you so much next time. You disappoint me every fucking day. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to y'all later. Peace. Playing my role, let me tell you about it. This shit right here, man, I'm about about it. Only real niggas reside around me. Yo, lady, drop a card around me. Dip like I know you can, bitch. Show me the rust like we in the ring. Got you two cobras, you wanna hang? Shoulder to shoulder, the niggas basic. You know I won't lie. You know that I ain't for that fuck shit. You niggas alright, but I'm way better and she love it. Know that y'all sick as fuck. Here go this tissue, bro. We taking the dub, hoping you get you some. This here like a pick me up. She taking my drugs. Know this see the sign. That's some dollar sign. Now they sick as fuck. Now they sick as fuck. Tell them get well soon. Tell them get well soon. Now you sick as fuck. Get well soon. Oh shit. Watch out, you the god, Billy. Oh shit. Right now, and I'm smiling in your face, bitch. With a ghost smile, you should probably make placement to your eye. Niggas sick as fuck. Standing with niggas. Who died for that party? Who died for some bitches who showing their bodies? Swear to God, nigga, this Molly got me up and rolling. Need bodies of water. Bottles. 